It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Podcast time. So as some of you know, I am from Bristol or from the Bristol area, and there is a venue in Bristol that has been going 20 years, 20-odd years. Um, I think it's that long, maybe less. I don't know. Um, I should probably fact-check myself, but I'm not going to. So fuck it. Let's just keep going. Um, Motion. Motion is an iconic bristol venue um and i've played motion many times i've thrown parties in motion but it's also i've also been to motion plenty of times and it's a very special venue to me and to a lot of people in the southwest of england but also as a part of british electronic music um it is a huge player in the game of the music industry. Um, so I thought I would treat you all with getting Travis Derrick on. Travis is the head booker at Emotion. So he literally is the person that makes sure that there is a party, one party or two party or three parties every single week. He books all the artists or works with brands that book the artists. And I think he does a lot more than that. He also is very he he deals with a lot of the branding and a lot of the visualization and kind of what you see as a customer of what motion puts out um he's a lovely guy he's been working at the venue for 10 years started his way up from the bottom from being a bar barman and then now pretty much running the show lovely guy um and i just really wanted to kind of get a different perspective on the podcast with what it's like to be a, um, a booker and work behind the scenes in how a club runs. So without further ado, Travis Derrick. Travis Derrick, what's cooking, man? How's it going, mate? You well? Yeah, I'm really good. How's Bristol? How are you? Bristol's good. Um, weather's okay today, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's kind of took a bit of a turn for the worst. The weather is slowly shaping up to the, the winter season. Which in Bristol isn't the the nicest, shall we say? As you are probably fully aware, I've I've heard autumn is in full effect right now. Yes, yes. Where are you right now? I'm in Detroit. Oh, how is it there? It's still sweaty as fuck, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's slowly cooling down. I in my studio here, I don't have air conditioning, so oh, I have no. this like fuck off fan that no one can see right behind me. 
So I'm kind I can't of, hear it. So that's yeah, good. it's really good. I don't know how the mic good. doesn't pick it up. It's probably a shit mic, <laughs> but it's great. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm happy. It's always hilarious how you know a podcast starts or these podcasts start with an English person because it's, yep. we always weather. talk about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. It literally is. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Every time. But um, yeah, man, how's uh, how's your summer been? Honestly, it's been really cool. Yeah. It's been really nice. You know, lots, lot of parties on. Yeah, you know, I've been at club a lot. Um, not been to many festivals. No, but I just you know, I've been at club most weekends. Yeah, but yeah, it's been really good, mate. It's, it's been a very different summer compared mm. to probably any summer we've ever had. Yeah, yeah. You know, in, in in the club for sure. With just you know the amount of festivals on, the amount of like saturation of that, and how how hard it is to sometimes sort of lock stuff in mm. uh, with just how busy everybody is. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I think the start of the year, we're like, oh, you're back to it, back to normal. And it's not quite normal, but everybody's just, you know, everybody's working at yeah. like 200 miles per hour compared <laughs> to 100 miles per hour. It's you really funny because I, mean? uh, I just did a conversation uh, with Mark Knight. Mark Knight. Um, and he's like, it's really interesting to see how he has gone completely the opposite to everybody else. And he's like, no, I'm making sure that i don't do that mm, and i, I yeah, completely changed yeah. my whole touring schedule up and obviously he's got other businesses and touring as a label is his main income and he's made yeah. it like that but like it's really interesting how he had swapped it and ev- but everybody else i spoke to or have spoken to is just like fucking balls to the walls just just working as hard i think as it's that 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 choice isn't it i guess i guess in a little bit as a DJ when you can be like, actually, no, I'm going to stop doing this. Stop doing that. Yeah. But I think if you're behind the scenes and you're either looking after artists, look at the club or whatever it might be, you you are just working double time, yeah. you know, especially probably a lack of staff across the board, yeah. you know, it's very much even, even on bars, you know, for us here, you know, it's, it's stuff like that as well. You know, all got to pick up that slack, yeah. um, which is, which is good, but also is pretty relentless. Mm. Yeah. A friend of mine's kind of took that approach as well. He's a videographer. And he was flight before the pandemic. And now he's just like, no, I'm just going to take it easy. I'm just yeah. gonna, you know, pick and choose the right jobs, make sure they're, they're kind of on key of what my brand kind of is. And that's a really good approach. But some of us can't quite do that. I, I think a lot of people can't necessarily do that to a certain extent. Yeah. I know like yeah. maybe I could if I wanted to, but I don't necessarily want to. So I guess I'm mm. in a situation that I'm fortunate where I don't have to do that. Um, but... Yeah, I, th- I guess when you're working in a business that provides a service to the public, it has to keep going and double down. Yeah, I guess before we even start, like let's actually talk about what you do. <laughs> I know I'm gonna, <laughs> okay. I know I'm gonna do an intro <laughs> and everything and tell everyone what you do, but like, what do you do? So I lead all the sort of all the bookings for motion, pretty much all the kind of in-house, house techno disco ones as well as controlling Dory for any external bookings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as you are fully aware, drum base is huge in Bristol. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have, we don't deal with that fully in-house, but we have a brand uh, who kind of deal with that. So I kind of Dory manage that and make sure they happen. And we have a very diverse, you know, uh, um, schedule for sure. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, all the, all the drum base probably work every weekend. I don't really want that in the diary. Yeah, you know, yeah. So it's picking and choosing the right ones that go in. Same with external you know, they come to me, I kind of go, no, I'm, work. I'm working on this. So it's kind of fitting the right ones in. Mm. So I kind of oversee the whole 
diary venue side of it as well as working quite closely with the venue managers to make sure the shows look and sound good with my yeah. production team yeah yeah how also for anybody that's not that's listening that hasn't heard of motion that probably isn't necessarily from england and understands the like level of what motion is at in the clubbing scene like motion has been how long has it been going now so oh I remember it. So I, I, I've started 10 years ago. So I think it's like, I think it's 19 years now. Yeah, it's been I a believe. while. I believe. It's been, you know, it's, it's from a long, old history of, you know, raving under a skate park. You yeah. know what I mean? That's where it started. It's like in the skate park. Mm. So then, you know, each year it kind of multiplied and changed. And then, you know, it's a full multi-venue club with live next mm. door as well, with our like, sister venue, Marble Factory, which, you know, we have a live guy holder that bring in all the live acts as well. So it's kind of each year it's kind of multiplied to this, beast in the southwest really mm. that's just controls you know every artist wants to come to southwest okay it's motion you know motion every every artist who do the uk tours want to play motion yeah i i think it's not necessarily just southwest as well i think it's the whole of great britain is one of the it's one of the longest and strongest kind of clubs that has been around for that long yeah, we also have Lakota, which is which is alongside yeah. Bristol as well. But that kind of has a different kind of, you know, heart of motion with, with, with heart of Bristol with them. Obviously, it's very different. But in in the sense of big scale the production, yeah. you know, destination club, it is motion. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's, it's, it's when did, is it? Did it get voted number one ever? Yeah, so we were number one in in the DJ Mag Best of British which I believe was 2019. Mm. And uh, we, we came in at 20th in the top 100 clubs That's this crazy. year, which was, which was a quite a stressful campaign to put together because <laughs> we, we were a little bit late on the mark with it. But, you know, we just held out for, you know, all the obviously supportive. How, I, mate, I think your internet's really for us. Is, I think yeah. your internet's really bad. Really? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with it, but you keep going in and out. I am tethering. That might be an issue. That's definitely the issue. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back with good internet. Um, I can't even remember what we're talking about. <laughs> no, neither do I. I'm off then. See you, okay, see you later. Good, good podcast. Seven. I don't think it's six minutes. Shortest podcast ever. Um, yeah. So how's the summer bit? Like now we've got an out of the way of what you do. Um, we can just talk normally. Um, How's the summer been? Like, how have you found it? It's been, it's been difficult, mate. To it's, it's, it has been good. You know, it has its pros and cons. You yeah. know, summer in Bristol was wonderful, but I think, like we kind of touched briefly on earlier, like swimming festivals, yeah, which is cool. Um, but I think for me, it's you know, when there's swimming festivals, a lot of people come to the club or go out clubbing, kind of don't kind of put it to the back of their heads a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to this festival. I got a pair of glasses for that twenty fifty quid. I'm going to Lost Village. I'm going here. I'm going here. Mm. And kind of going just to a club's kind of like, nah, I'm going to festival next week. Yeah. Or I'm going to festival this week. So it's kind of been pushed back slightly and, and, and it's not really fresh in people's heads. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of downfall with this summer a little bit, you know, and that's the main issue, I think, with, with, with it. So people are just like, I went to winter for the, for the clubs. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the, lot of the kind of, shows I've done have kind of been, been a bit more not so much low budget I wouldn't say that at all but kind of one room shows so it could be sort of moved around a little bit yeah. and not massive high 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 profile mm. shows 
so you know it kind of saves the club a little bit because obviously we still got to put shows on well you, you know, still have we, to earn money exactly and you know being closed isn't really an option no. with sort of the overheads and you know the amount of staff you've got on board salaries bar yeah. staff whatever it be so we constantly got to be put on shows really and make mm. sure you know we have a turnover of, of an income for sure yeah it must be crazy i've never really thought of that that with like venues like motion where it's it's such a big venue as well i know you can scale pretty well in in that venue mm. but also like when you you book a show and you're expecting a thousand people and you get 200 people that's a massive dent in the budget like yeah and obviously as you probably are aware as well with how, how ticket sales are actually going right now or, or have done and still are yeah you know the late buys are fucking scary <laughs> You know, as a promoter, you're like literally, like you're like Martin, my director's like, sort of tickets. I was like, we get there, we get there, we've done everything, we've got billboards, we've got marketing, yeah. we've got this, we've got paid ads. You know, we're doing everything, we possibly chuck in the kitchen, sink in the shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try and get them over the line. And then they had a show, we sell eight tickets. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's fine. But, you know, to that, get, getting to that point is really nerve wracking. It's really you know, interesting how the scenes changed from, from COVID to now. And yeah. how people's buying habits have changed completely. I think for me, when, when COVID kind of came out of it slightly, it was quite hard to find out what people actually wanted to go to. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like Bristol obviously still has a very strong drama based connection. But when I'm booking house in Techno, it's like, what are people listening to now? What have they been listening mm. to? You know, a lot of people I know have kind of completely gone off house music yeah. and listened to bands again because yeah. they've listened to bands in lockdown. Yeah. So for me, and also, especially Bristol being a very big student city, it's when there's no students around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to try and cater for locals or whatever it be and make, making sure you're hitting... Well, you know, you've got to kind of try... And, a lot of the shows are kind of trying and error in a way of being like, cool, let's, let's do shipshit to us because it yeah, might yeah. be a bit of an older crowd. And, you know, that kind of... You kind of lean on those ones a little bit more. But I think also, I think what I noticed the most about coming out of lockdown is the different the new generation listen to, listening to music and like realistically let's be honest like how old are you 28 yeah so like you're a couple years younger than me but like we're still not down with the kids right no so like we're <laughs> not really not we're not seeing what the kids are listening to as yeah, of as of, as of a promoter and it's like we don't although we should be but it's just not our generation if you know what I mean. We're yeah. not like, I was talking to my brother, it, this is actually, this will make you laugh. Um, I spoke to my family about the motion show that I don't know if we're allowed to talk about, but whatever. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, I might be playing motion at some point. Anyway, um, but, and he called me and was like, yeah, like we all want to come, like we'll have, we'll have a good time, but is there anywhere where we can chill? Because it's like, we're all old now. I was like, yeah, like I'm sure there is, and he's like, yeah, I feel really old when I when I go out now, and I'm like, well, you are old. And then I, yeah. he's got a he's got a son and a daughter. His, his son, how old is he? He's forty two. Okay. Um, yeah. And his son's ten, and his daughter's seven. And I was like, you you do realize like Oliver and Phoebe are closer to the age of going <laughs> out than when we than that's us than we are. Yeah, that's that's quite um that's quite a realization, isn't it? Yeah. Shit. I know, yeah. and it's like, okay, how does that affect your you when you're booking though, and when you're actually like try because realistically, like without diminishing your role, but like you're technically a salesman, right? You you put yeah. you create something to then sell to people. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but how how do you approach that when booking think, venues? I think for me, it's very much trying to keep it to grind as much as possible in a sense of what is hot right now you know what are the kids listening to and you know you kind of see it through you know student brands in bristol mm-hmm. you know you kind of you, you know every september to, to christmas whatever it be you see a new brand that pop up who's yeah. hot who's doing good bookings and then you kind of just you, yeah you go out and like don't go out as much as i used to obviously because yeah. obviously i didn't really want to be out to four o'clock in the morning on tuesday night yeah um, but yeah, it is, it's about just seeing what's hot and, you know, it's keeping, keeping, you know, very much like the radio one or whatever it might be. And that's kind of how I've approached by a lot of them being like, who is caught now? I left system. Okay. Well, let's book it in. Yeah. Well, Rose. Okay. Let's book it in. Yeah. And you're kind of picking those kind of easy ones in a way, but it's what people want to go see. And, and that's going to draw them kind of very most crowd. And there is a business, yeah. you know, we all love doing what we need to do, but I still need to get people through the door and make sure everything's popping and everything's running really well. Well, I think ha- there's also that kind of how do you take your ego out of it on and and book what you want to book, but then also you have to take take your ego out of it and go, no, actually, we need to book what sells. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's kind of sometimes a tough thing when you've yeah. got to book the kind of the the ones that kind of do do the numbers. Yeah, um, and I think that's quite hard when you're you're holding a whole diary and you put in certain shows. You're like don't really like this genre or this brand or this sound but it there's a market there for it mm. and people want to see it and you kind of you know you, you kind of I, you know i don't really yeah you just put get, get away you just kind of go with it and go yeah cool but well, we need this in yeah it feels, an, it feels a really nice day it feels feels this massive number of people actually want to see this genre or this, yeah. this artist and you kind of i don't think ego is so much a big thing about it it's kind of just been like it is kind of what, what you need to is. do yeah yeah totally i guess also i think yeah, ego is the wrong word for it. Um, preference, I guess. But it? I know what you mean. Yeah. Exactly. Very much if it is my preference. Yeah. But what I wanted want to book, I don't think my director like that, first of all. Because yeah, it will yeah. just be stuff that, you know, Bristol, as you probably feel as well, Bristol is quite a hard city. Yeah. For anything kind of new or, or different, you know, for, for example, like a Dixon show. You know, I'd love to be Dixon, want it in the club. But from past history doing it, it's not the strongest show to do. Yeah. And Bristol, it takes quite a while to build um, a certain sound mm-hmm. and, a certain, and, a, and a certain genre it might be. And it's, it's quite a cost, costly show to put on. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that we do it, but we might lose a bit of money, but next year it might be better. Or it might not be better. It might be the same. Yeah, so it's, one of, like, it's, it's, it it's a risky it? one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then, and then Martin's down my case going, you sure you want to do this again? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it work. Honestly, it work. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's like also keeping the motion name mm. at the forefront as well because I don't know about you, but for me, like motion has always had this like presence in the market, not just for house or or yeah, not just for house or techno, but like for everything in in Bristol. But it's always been like the coolest of of that, and it's been able to put the coolest parties on. Yeah. Um, how do you keep that balance of like keeping it cool, but then also keeping it making money? Because we all know that cool doesn't always make money. Exactly. No, it fully doesn't. Again, it is kind of just filling those gaps with those kind of big sellers, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, those ones that you're going to cost a lot of money, but you'll get a good reward from it, you know, mm. kind of low risk, high reward. And then you kind of, you know, not every show can make money. Yeah. You know, that's business. 
at any business, you know, not everything's going to make you money. Yeah. So it's, you know, you, you kind of chuck in those cooler ones to ke- make, you know, the, the trendy kids in Bristol happy. Yeah. And then that's ones that I kind of like doing because yeah. they are the cooler ones to be involved with. Are you, you, calling, know, like, yourself call, are you calling yourself cool and trendy? No, I'm not actually, no, no. I retract that, retract that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, you know, back in the day when we had, like, Just Jack, everyone's good Just Jack. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you remember Just Jack. Yeah. It was, like, the coolest party in town. Yeah, they would never and book me, the fuckers. Of... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not calling trendy, though. No, I'm not. I never have been, don't worry. <laughs> you know, you kind of, you mix up, and that's when I kind of like to be like, okay, cool, we, we've got a chuck this cool show in so you kind of book something a bit more obscure it's a bit cooler or something you're trying to build i guess yeah you know for example you chuck a who needs show every young mark however be you know yeah. and they usually do well anyway yeah but is there a bit more on different side of house than you would do a camel fat for example mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's um it must be a really interesting balancing act because you are you are a club and you have to give what the people want at the end of the day it is, you know, it's really is looking at a diary and kind of seeing what goes well together. Yeah. And, you know, especially in Bristol, you, you can't just have the same genre week after week. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't book, you know, for example, MK and then week afterwards I got patched up in whatever it might yeah. be. You know I mean, like, it's kind of, you've got to make sure to spread out nicely. Yeah. And that's usually the biggest challenge. I've been, like, I need to fill a date, but I can't put this genre in or this genre in because I've got this each side. Yeah. And you just try and find that a curveball show or a different genre to kind of make sure it fits nicely in the diary. Yeah. And it doesn't, people don't, you know, I obviously want people to give options, be like, hmm, what do I want to go to? But not so much like, I can't go to this, can I go to this? Yeah, yeah. But if they're a month apart, you go, yeah, I could, both of them. You do both, yeah. How have you found... You know, go on, carry go on. on. No, go on. No, go on. <laughs> no, go on. Go on. Go on. <laughs> it's a um... British people, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got a cup of tea with you. So polite. That. Yeah. Um... <laughs> How have you found that with the whole ticket sale thing? I want to go back to that a little bit because Motion is very much a ticket, a pre-sale uh, club. It's not really a walk-up club. People, just, if if you yeah. if you live in Bristol, or if you know Motion, it's, <clears throat> it's not a high street club. You have to travel no. to it. You have to visit to it. Um, exactly. How how has that been with tickets? Are you literally seeing like a huge influx within like a couple of hours? pre-show or are you finding more yes. people are buying at the door it's it's you know as you know motion is destination club yeah. you know in the middle of industrial estate you know to get there you get an uber you can yeah. walk obviously but you know that's the most majority you know it's uber there or you yeah. walk there and you know we don't really get much walk up so it is you know a lot of shows we've done this summer um you know whether we've done like a pre-sale and you know or launch you know you see a big influx on launch on, on the launch yeah and you know seeing you know maybe like 30 percent on launch and then it just ticks along yeah. slowly, you know, 80, 80 a week or, you know, it might be. And then the week of the show, you know, we, you know, we, you know the team we work with, we do My Pay Media, know this as well because they've yeah. worked across many other clubs as well. You know, you save majority of the budget for that last week, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then you just see those tickets fly on that week, you know, from like Wednesday, Tuesday onwards, you know, you, you just see them pop and it's, yeah. it's pretty mad to see. And you're even on day of the show, like, for example, I, I had a few show on on weekends ago mm. and you know i, I left tickets running because my ticket scanners i gotta keep them running they automatically sync yeah. and you see like doors open at one and you did like i did like seven tickets between one and two p.m yeah and it's people the doors are open and people are outside the pub where it might be going yeah, yeah. Should we have motion yeah 
and it's it's kind of you don't really get not people don't really walk to motion to, to check the door because no not at all it's quite far yeah you know what i mean you you don't want to pay to stay eight quid for an uber you can go oh it's all right or yeah there's no tickets on door so yeah a lot of last like really last minutes out i never even thought about that actually as well of of people not buying on the door because it's a destination place and not expecting it you get you get some usually it's a later later one like you know midnight they walk through after yeah. being on the booze a bit longer <laughs> but yeah yeah it's emotion <laughs> just stumble stumble yeah, yeah. emotion <laughs> yeah that's interesting but yeah it, it's it is destination it's it's such a destination club and that's yeah that's why people don't do that you know i mean you, you know you won't walk 20 minutes to go somewhere and go oh you can't get it. yeah man that would that must be so stressful those ticket sales yeah, it is. It really is. It's it's like I said. It's so different to what it was. I know. Yeah, yeah. Or what it was. You know what I mean? It was very much. You know, you sell it before. Yeah. You know, and you drum bass does in the city, of course, and you know, even 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 that's sometimes a bit of a struggle in the city yeah. right now. With sort of you know, you used like six, seven sort of shows. You're like, oh, same. Not worry about anything. Yeah, that's mad. But you know, I you know, I love to go back to the times just after COVID when everything was at hotcakes. But then that's like not realistic time, and it was anything you kind of put out was just short and it was great but also but that's yeah that's the real. thing is like it's not real and with inflation and with how costs have gone up especially in the uk with like just yes. general living has gone mental through the roof mm. are you noticing like a uh an effect on that as well with people trying to save money because i for me i still think people want to rave I still think people want to, want to escape and kind of get out of that rigmarole of like expensive life and shit like that. They, they're happy to spend 20 quid on a ticket to get and party and, and be with their friends. But I feel like it, there's still a market of people that are just like, oh, okay, we need to be sensible. But I think that's where a lot of late, late um, sales come from. Mm. If you were going like, oh, the day before, oh, I can afford to go out. Yeah. You know, even if it's to the totally. pub, you know, you go, yeah. um, if I budget this week and I go, oh, i got six quid left, mm. I can go to motion, I can go to clubbing, or I can go to the pub, I can do this. So I think that's the, that's why late sales are kind of coming as well. Yeah. We have a lot of people actually worried about money until last minute and going, yeah, I can afford that. Let's do yeah. it. It's really interesting because there's markets over here, like San Francisco used to be a market pre-COVID where you would sell a lot of tickets beforehand, a lot of tickets. Mm. But what, what people would do is t- San Francisco also had the biggest market for no shows of ticket sales. Mm. Cause what people would do, they'd buy two tickets for a night and then work out what they wanted to do on the night. Yeah. And people, cause people had so much fucking money there and they would just chuck money yeah. away. And now but that's kind of, that's kind of what you're really seeing as well. With a lot of late, like drop offs, it's a bit different now, you know, I think straight after COVID, there's a lot of drop-offs because people are buying it and then either worried about going to a club yeah, uh, or or whatever it might be. And drop-offs were, you know, we're, we're seeing like 40, 30, 40%. Which is which wild. Because we, you know, how I run all my P&Ls, we base it on bar as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. And if 40% wouldn't show up, our bars do take a hit. Massively, yeah. You know, that, that, that pays the rent, that pays the bars, that, yeah, that, pays, yeah. that pays me, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So, but then now a lot of late buyers you're seeing a lot lot of those actually arriving because they're yeah. buying on the day or day before and going yeah I'm going out mm. so that's kind of it's it's like there's like kind of pros and cons to it, I guess I guess late buyers people you know those people will come yeah which is which is good to know and the bars do get those people in and you're yeah. less spending money which is which is what we need definitely um, but yeah definitely pre COVID uh, uh, like straight after COVID it was it was it was strange because obviously you'd sell out but then 
no one would come. Yeah, yeah like half the club would be empty. You're like, oh, right. <laughs> this is strange. So, and of course, we've got ticket money. Great. That's obviously wonderful. But like, it's the bars as well, which we anticipate. Well, I think, yeah, I guess, I guess don't, a lot of people don't think about that. But like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty much sure the bar is where you make more of your money than the actual tickets, right? 100%. Yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of how I work, a lot of my shows is kind of, um, is, you know, the ticket revenue covers yeah. the artist fees. What's the average sale of like, uh, I know it depends on each night because of the, the clientele, but what is the average in for you guys? On like for per, tickets? No, for like uh, spend on on bar. Spend per head. You know, it it really does depend what sort of show it is. Yeah. But we kind of we see around like fifteen pound per head. Fifty or fifteen. Fifteen one five. Yeah, I was gonna say fifty is fucking high. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I Where would. are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like fifteen to twenty. The day party you see a lot more because people are drinking a lot more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. So yeah, it, it you know that's how we base a lot of our a lot of our costs on. Yeah, and you know if 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 we take it if the bar isn't as successful as we expect it to, you know, it's a bit of a loss for us. Yeah, and that, that's that's our salaries, that's that's our bar staff, that's our cleaner, that's our lighting, that's our energy. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think a lot of people forget how much it actually costs to run a club and how people are involved. Let's talk about it then. People need to know. Yeah, so like obviously, I think people know you're in a club or you run a club. You've got loads of money. Yeah, you know, you you got what your your can of beer is five pounds. You must make loads of money. Yeah. But, you know, in the day, we've also got, you know, our office is quite small right now, I guess, salary-wise. But you've got all those overheads as well. You know, you've got six, seven people in the office on, on salary. Yeah. You know, you've got, what, 50 security guards for a show, 50 bar staff for a show, cleaners, production team, you know, and, and all those costs people do forget about. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of, like, daunting thing when people go, oh, you're fine, clubs are fine, when, when it's really not. And I think especially with sort of, it's, I think especially when I want to try and lower the, the ticket prices yeah. for people to come to the club. And, you know, if, if people can't afford to come to the club, I want it to be cheaper for them. Yeah. But with overheads being so expensive, it's really tough to lower anything on my end, especially if artist fees kind of remain the same. Yeah. When I want to lower the fee of tickets, I can't if the artist fees stay at 10, 15, 20K. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind, of, that's kind of the tough thing is just trying to try and show people that. And people are expensive, isn't it? But yeah, but I need to try and make, I do need to cover my overheads at least. Well, I think also people forget, like, especially what's, what's going on in the UK, because it's not, it's, it's not really hit America that hard, like the whole energy costing, but like mm. just to open the venue with the amount of energy and keep it going. Like you have to keep those yeah. fridges going. You have to like keep everything on. You have to keep the lights on. You have to have the power on. Like it's all a lot. Um, and also you're in a fucking warehouse. Like, yeah. it's it's not a cosy little club at all. Yeah, it wasn't built as a club. You no. know what I mean? It's built as a, it was, a, well, before a skate park, it was, it was actually a marble factory yeah, and yeah. Then like a, a coke house. Well, that was on, on the on the water. So, you know, it is an empty warehouse, Yeah, which in the winter is absolutely freezing. <laughs> and in, in the summer, it's roasting in there. It's, yeah, it's, um, it can be quite uncomfortable sometimes, especially, you know, especially, in, especially like when you have, you know, 600 people in that club, it is yeah. warm. You know, we've got, we, you know, we've got ventilation in and out, but again, that isn't cheap to run. No, none of it is. None of it is. And I think like, Motion's always been really fair with prices for me. 
personally. Like drinks are always reasonably fair and it's not like taking a piss where you go to like some places and it's, you're not getting change out of 20 quid for a, for a drink, which is so weird because it's so normal nowadays in so many venues. Um, who kind of sets all of that? So it's kind of my like bar manager, my venue manager. I kind of, not so much have a big say, but, um, you know, it gets floated up in the office and they go, we want up the prices. I'm like, okay, what, what, what do you want to go to? Because, you know, I obviously want to make it fair for everybody. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's, a de- it's a destination club. You know, people expect yeah. to pay a little more at a destination club, I feel. Yeah. Because, you know, it's kind of what, especially with how the big profile of artists we bring in, those prices need to be kind of similar to whatever clubs are doing as well. Yeah. But I did, quite funny, I did see a review the other day on, um, maybe like a Google review. And someone was like, great music, amazing sound system, incredible atmosphere, screw it, guys are lovely. Water was four pounds. I was like, what was not four pounds? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where that came from. I was like, are you, are you lying here? Or, or I don't know. I was like, this isn't correct. Water isn't two pounds. Uh, four pounds is two pounds. Yeah. Which two pounds is yeah, so cheap for water? Yeah, right? Like, yeah. You, you pay two quid for a bottle of water in a petrol station. Exactly. Yeah. Which is mad. You go to Ibiza and you're paying like 15 euros for a bottle of water that's half the size. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's literally tiny one, baby. <laughs> Stingy fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> don't, I'm off, I'm off for next week, so don't, 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 uh, you going? too much. Yes. Where? I am going next week. That's, week. that's cool. I, I'm there the week after, actually. Ah, that's a shame. What are you doing out there? So actually, I'm kind of taking it quite chilled going out with Soph, my girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to go to Solid Grooves, yeah. which we've got nice local Dices playing. And he's actually one of the acts I've tried to get all year. Really? Try to get Dice in for a long time. And it's always kind of fallen apart a little bit. He's been on holiday with his family. I'm like, I'll fly you on holiday with your family if you want. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but he had to be with his family to fly off if I understand. Uh, and then going to go to El Rel. Nice. Animusia. Always Which is always, always, always fun. Have you done our Brist- in Bristol? Yeah, so we we did one previously when when Rag was kind of oh, doing yeah, the yeah. LA UK yeah. stuff, and that's actually when I started. I was working for LA UK for a little bit as well. Yeah, I was doing all the logistics, which was incredible at the time. Like yeah. it was so much fun, it's crazy being right. a part of that team. They're, they're such a such a lovely and friendly team. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. I've I started playing for them over like post lockdown. Um, and they're so nice to work with. Mm. It's fucking. Such it was cool great. Thing. Yeah, I remember. Um, I flew out to um, Barcelona, and Della Swing picked me up in his car from the airport, and then dropped me dropped me to the office. And it was um, it was great. Like they, they we went to this like um, went out for lunch to this like obviously very very Spanish sort of sort of your nan's kitchen sort yeah. of vibes, N- like all in Spanish. Yeah. Like Victor had to Victor had to translate all of it. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, yeah, they're, they're such a such a nice like group family feeling feeling people. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's really important that, isn't it? I guess they've just created a community over the years and been able to just keep that going and going and going. And it's I really like their motto. And I was talking to Victor about it, and they were like, "Obviously, we make money and we have to keep going, and and we've got people to Which pay." Is fine, right? But it's like also. Juan, the guy that owns it now, that mm. took it on from his parents and all of that. Like, 
their motto is that they make money on certain shows and then they know that they're going to lose money on every other show. And mm. those money-making shows, they make good money on and enough money to pay for the rest of the year. But the rest of the shows yeah. that they put on, they have to make sure that the experience for the goer of the club is like the best experience they've ever had. Yeah. And they will that's, that's all it so was. much money. Yeah, it's fucking That's what it was when I was, when I was working for those guys. So I did all the UK stuff. So I was, you know, I was going free freight, doing the shows of free freight. Yeah. You know, we did like a row of fawn at Village Underground, like three days. Yeah. Three days straight sort of thing of like, at Village Underground. And it was just always just fun. Yeah. I remember like being, I remember being like free freight, must have been at maybe like 3 p.m. sort of things. I was off days and, and Victor was like, when have got a beer in your hand? I was like, when working, he's like, get a beer. <laughs> and it's just like such like good attitude. Yeah. To be, like, make, still have fun. You're like, you're working, but you still, still enjoy yourself. Yeah, it's so important. I think also the the Spanish culture compared to the British culture is so different with that. Yeah, definitely. It Which really is. is interesting though because our drinking culture is very chill compared to most countries. Like everyone has any excuse to have a beer or get drunk is a good excuse, right? Like the sun, yeah. sun's out, quit work. But I just I just think, on. you know, the British culture is very different and we don't know how to drink we do. We know how to drink, but in the sense of like, we don't know when to stop to drink. We know really. how to drink well. It just keeps yeah, going. Yeah, <laughs> but I yeah. I remember I went to, um, I was quite privileged. I went to, I went to trial closing in Amsterdam. And uh, that was the most amazing club oh, ever. Yeah. So amazing. amazing. And I remember being, I was in, I was in there for 24 hours, quite a long time. And um, I remember seeing like a stall selling like pineapple on the stick and mm. fruit. And I kind of, you know, I was, I was maybe like 21 at the time. I was quite baffled by it. I was like, why is that here? Yeah. But it's because Europeans know how to party well. Yeah, really well. In the sense of actually having a break, having hydrated, <laughs> you know, having some fruit. Whereas the Brits kind of don't. They, you know, it's kind of, yeah, I love a lager. I've never lager. I've never lager. That's yeah. Thing. Well, I think that's something that you guys have done emotion pretty well as well. Is like, you know, they're going to be long nights. So you, you, yeah. do, you put food out and exactly you, yeah you give a bit more you give a chill out area and you give yeah like, that's what we focus on quite a lot this this sort of this side of the year anyway it's kind of especially for q4 onwards yeah. is um you know transforming one of the spaces the cave into more of a seat in chill out yeah. area which is a bit nicer just a nice space for you to yeah. relax in you know it's, it's, it's got a bar in there as well <clears throat> and a dj booth but it's quite, it's more it's used more as like a walkthrough. Yeah. So we kind we kind of kind of use that space. You've got a photo booth in there, a bit of a chill space, nice seating. Yeah. So people can just break off from partying and have a chat, have a chill, whatever it be, and kind of just really use that like, space for that. Like, just actually, I've had enough for five minutes. I'm going to sit down. Which I think is is really nice. Is it's about creating di- different atmospheres. Like not everybody that goes to the club wants to necessarily fucking pop gurners and rave their tits <laughs> off all night if you know what i mean people want to like enjoy the experience and like sit down and go with their friends and some of the some of the times they haven't exactly. seen their friends for a couple of weeks and they mm. want to catch up and do all of that and i think it's like i think it's changing i think the the whole club thing is because there always used to be a chill out room always yeah like for from like me growing up playing shows there was always a chill out room and there was always like multi-genre rooms to be fair mm. it was always like drum and bass in one night hardcore in the other night and techno in in another room um and then there'd be a chill out room which i always really liked but it seemed to have kind of disappeared for a while and yeah now it seems to come I back do. a little bit 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, with motion, as you know, you've been there many times and people haven't been there, you know, it's such a massive complex. Yeah. You know, it's such a big space with, you know, four, five rooms indoors with, you know, three amazing outdoor spaces. Yeah. You know, we really utilize those spaces as chill out smoking areas, uh, which is, you know, they're always open for, you know, the food or, yeah. you know, seating outside as well, which I think is really key. And, you know, they're always busy. I mean, it's nice to make sure people have the opportunity to just go outside in the fresh air and have a cigarette or yeah. have a, you know just catch up with a friend, like you said. Yeah. Does it does that does that help you with capacity as well? Because you're um, it's spreading people out. Yeah, to an extent, you know, it definitely definitely helps with kind of just having those rooms open. You yeah. know, if we have sort of a ton of cave space open, you know, it just utilize that space a bit more because that's like a joint capacity, and um, you know, just you know, when you sort of sell a show, you know not everybody's going to be in that main room anyway. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. I think talking about the food, I was just remembered space in, in Miami. They like, they're making some insane food. And they do like cheese toasties with caviar. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's like, how much that sent you back? <laughs> another level of shit. I don't know. I've never bought it. Um, <laughs> but they do like ice creams and stuff like their hospitality is. Have you ever been? No, it's the one. I've never been stateside. It's uh, have you not? No, uh, no, I haven't. It's the one place that I would tell everybody to go to for in America club wise. It's hands down like there's not many venues you can in, a, in. And this is no disrespect to America, but there's not many venues that you can't get anywhere else in the world over here. Yeah. Um, but space is is definitely one of the best in the world and the way over the years they've evolved, it's very similar to how you guys have evolved where you like you add, it's not, it's not the same as what it was when it opened, which I think a lot of venues mm. do. What happens is venues that don't last is that they don't evolve over the years and don't kind of add more things in and give more people. Like I remember when the, the toilets at motion were port port loose yeah. and, and now where they're at can like when I went back to motion, I, I hadn't been to motion for like two, three years and, it was like the time of when the toilets were put in. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is a luxury. Um, yeah, that's that's the good thing about about, about motion. In the sense, of, I remember like um, we were getting his work done. I remember each stand Dan was in the club, and I was kind of taking him from one place to the other. He's like, this is so much has changed so much. Yeah. And I think for me, it's you know, it changed. I see it change every day or yeah, you know yeah. every week. But when you take someone new, when you take someone back there who's been you know, a year ago, or two years ago, they go, "Well, this changed, this changed, this changed," and it is forever evolving, which is really special about that place. Yeah, I probably don't see it myself because, like I said, I'm always in that space. But from a, a customer who hasn't been for six months or a year, come back, go, "Shit, this has changed a lot, massively." And you go, "What this? This is this has changed. What what's this space? Yeah. This room's open now." Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like when we launched like the um, the marble factory, bigger space. When we had like Chemical Brothers open up, you know, Chemical Brothers are sound checking and we're still welding the staircase on. You know what I mean? It's like it's constantly revolving and we're constantly just doing different things. And, you know, we, now we've got the live diary guys, um, Ghostwriter, doing all the live stuff. You know, we've put so much time and effort into making sure it's suitable for bands, like yeah. big touring bands with kitchen, toilets, you know, really nice green rooms, dressing rooms for them. So it is forever evolving to something bigger and better. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is as a as a venue for you, like for you to grow bigger and better and get bigger acts and which then attracts more people or a different crowd, right? Like and mm. and your venue becomes multi genre and 
you're attracting everyone from a city rather than just the the the, the ravers like you have to make things nicer right and yeah. like not your parents don't want to go see a, a an older band in a shitty warehouse they want to go somewhere exactly. nice yeah and it is it's very much we've, we've evolved with that with that sort of you know very much like an older crowd as well yeah. especially the live band stuff you know we're catering for you know 16 to 25 year olds or you know 26 18 sorry 18 to like 30 year olds yeah but with the band band stuff you know you're catering for 50 plus sometimes. yeah and it very much is even like the, even a selection of beers you know we've got we've got like bristol beer factory bringing like um like pelos ipas yeah. guinness and that sort of stuff so really like for that live stuff we've really catered for the clientele mm. who come to those sort of shows and also the bands who have been touring for how many years actually exactly. have a nice space for them yeah it's really and important. Room looks incredible it's that really, actually looks mad it's really important because i think like as as i can only speak for myself as an artist like if you go to a venue and it's really nice to be there like you go there and it's really like homely warm it's like everyone's chill but it's also a nice place to hang out like it makes you want to go back it, yeah. ma- it makes you want to put on a really good show and it, it kind of just makes you feel comfortable and i think i guess that's the whole point of like artist riders and things like that and yeah and tech riders and things like that, which i think kind of gets lost in the dj world to a certain extent which i understand why cause like some of the riders are ridiculous um but- yeah you cater for as much as you possibly can i think like on that on that front like my team i've got that are wicked and it's, it's all about just making whoever you are in a sense of if you're warming up of your headliner yeah it's making them feel welcome yeah. be like you know if they you know i had darwin previously for yard and she came in straight from soup garden party she's like can i brush my teeth i've not brushed teeth yet she came from a campsite i was like yeah. do you want a shower because i've got showers here yeah. like can i and it's just making that person welcome she's like this is amazing thank you so much for doing this i was like it's like that's not a problem at all like you yeah. know are you've not you've not slept for have a long you've yeah. not not actually slept um not showered of course yeah and it's just kind of making everybody feel happy and like you said if, if the artist is happy from the get-go they're gonna play a great set and also want to come back and work with you guys again yeah yeah i always say it's from the top down and it comes from the people that own the club to then the the people that are employed by the club and then the people the artists play in the club and then the customers and it all comes from the very top um of of where that kind of chain starts and if it starts bad then it's going to end bad and it's going to be a bad experience for everyone but if it starts great it's always going to end yeah. up great eventually that's that's what we look at mostly ev- well every single show we do yeah. you know regardless if it's a tiny show or massive four five cap show you know it's every show is as important as the other and we try and put as much effort into everything the show to make sure it's best for the promoter or the artist or yeah. whatever it be. And that's what we've been taught to do in a way. You know what I mean? We've been like, you know, regardless if it's only 800 people, we still need the LED screen on. We still need the lights on. We still need a, like VJ. We still make it look good for them. Yeah. And, you know, to make sure they want to come back afterwards. Because it is, you know, it's not a cheap show to come to. You know, no, none of our shows are exactly cheap, cheap in a way. No. You know, especially if you're spending fifteen to fifteen to twenty five quid on a ticket. But my idea is they come once, go. I need to come again. Yeah, yeah. And with with that on hand, you know, you want to make sure the security guards are on point and there's no issues with them on the door and people yeah. are greeted well. Because I think it's you know that 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 role is so important because the first thing you see when you walk to a club, 
and also the last person you see leave the club. And it's you know, the, that's really important. Honestly, it's one of the first things I've always said about motion. And from day one of motion is that the security guards are always fucking amazing. They are. And, you know, there's, we, we pride ourselves on that quite a lot with just, you know, how, how important that is to a lot of people of, you know, the first people you see is that. And, and then you go to bar, you know, the bar's busy. Of course, it's, it's stressful working on the bar when it's six deep. Yeah. But, you know, just kind of keep high spirits on that as well. Yeah, and just try and make sure everybody's sort of happy. You know, I I would like yeah, just return customers what we can't try and go for. Yeah, 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 definitely. Are you guys doing your motion motion series this this winter? No, so in motion was a kind of big series we kind of yeah. we kind of did, but we kind of we kind of put it to bed a little bit like when maybe two years ago. Yeah, because it was we we were kind of at, at one point it was kind of similar to that West project yeah. in a way of. Oh, we're open for three months a year, four yeah. months a month, four months a year. We're not. Yeah. We're open every weekend yeah. of the year. And it, people a lot of people got lost in that. A lot of students, a lot of agents got, got confused by it. And we're like, I want my artist to pay for emotion. Yeah. Or or a lot of people going, Oh, I'm not going like I, I want to go to motion. Yeah. <clears throat> not realizing actually we put on the <laughs> same similar Sorry. Mate. Sneezing everywhere. <laughs> we put on the same high profile shows all year round. Every yeah, yeah, every weekend. Every weekend, yeah. So we kind of put it to bed in a way of being like, we don't need this series just to showcase what we've got. Yeah, we've got this every weekend. So that's kind of what we've done, and we've kind of you know we kind of rebranded quite heavily on sort of the art style, um, and kind of just show people we got we got it all year round. Yeah, that makes is, sense. Great. I didn't really think of it like that because, but it makes so much sense. I think because I know that motion's open all year round, but like as a normal somebody not from the city or kind of new to the city just looks okay warehouse projects warehouse projects obviously the biggest person biggest people that do series right that's what we all know what warehouse project is um and then when you guys did it yeah that makes sense and it makes sense why you don't do it anymore (laughs) yeah you know there was an idea of kind of potentially looking at bring it back and everything else but i kind of i was a little bit not sort of against it i was like come on you know we've done we've had 10 years of it now it was 10 years it was was 10th birthday when we kind of put it to bed a little bit and i was like you know we move on from that and we do bigger and better shows each weekend i guess you limit yourself don't you as well yeah it does like like i said a lot of agents are like we want to play for emotion we want to play for that it's like yeah but why don't you play in january because we've still got big shows in january or march or summer you know what i mean that's wild what i want to go to like I've spoke about it with you personally, but like I want, and I speak about it quite a lot on the, on the podcast, but with, with community, um, and Bristol's a very community based city, um, whether it comes to music, food, just people generally, yeah. um, and areas of, of, of different areas of Bristol, there's different communities and, and I, I that's what I love about Bristol itself. Um, how, do you maintain a community because your customers go from being 18 to 30 year olds, let's just say, but people get older and people stop going to clubs. So how do you keep that going? I think it's just the kind of, I think a lot of people who probably come to motion at the start at 18, 19, whatever it is, you know, I think a lot of students who ever get dragged there with FOMO, like if you're going, I'm going. And like, like I mentioned earlier, it's just trying to lock them into, they want to come back to the sick club. Or 
you know, they, I think when people get older, you know, when you're in third year, you have a pretty much sound to what you were in first year. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing is making sure, you know, you have such a different, diverse lineup and, and different lights on the on all year round. There is something for everybody. Yeah. Whether one year you like Dennis Sutter, next year actually you've gone into camel fat, yeah. whatever it might be, there's that's that's still there for you. Mm. And you know, that genre, you know, even if you change your change your taste, you will find something. Whether even if you've gone to bands or you've gone to hip hop, yeah. there's hip hop gigs, there's there's rock bands, there's whatever it be, jazz bands. There's always something different at the motion. So it's that's you know we we hold people because of that, and there's so many different things you go to. Love that. Yeah, I I think also it's like you have such a huge university kind of mm. presence in in Bristol itself with two big universities. Do you guys do anything with the universities, or like do you home in on? on college kids or do you, are you literally relying on your marketing to get them over to there? So this year I've done something a bit different. I think last year was very difficult because it, it was literally just me in the office. Yeah. <laughs> just me did literally marketing, logistics, booking, everything pretty much. Um, but this year we've gone, you know, we're, we're doing fresh affairs. Yeah. Uh, which obviously is a very big thing in Bristol. Yeah. We have, you know, 35,000 students coming through. We were with the UAB and, and UOE, which are the two sort of universities of Bristol. So just a quick, just, just to bump in, anybody that doesn't know what a fresher week is, fresher week is the week when people go to university in the UK. It's like a big two, well, it's a week, yes. two week long party yeah. really. And they do loads of like introductions to the cities and a fuck ton of pies. Sorry, carry on. Loads and loads, loads and loads of parties. And we've got, I, I, just, I was looking at a director actually and I've got I think like nine shows in seven days. Oh shit! Freshers week. When's Freshers week? It is started on the twenty first of September, I believe. So I actually think that's when this podcast is coming out. Okay, well, twentieth. So we're in, we're in Freshers week. We're balls deep in Freshers <laughs> week right now. <laughs> so I'm four days in. <laughs> you definitely wouldn't be doing this during Freshers week, mate. Come no, on. definitely not. <laughs> so no, so yeah, we've got a lot of shows. You know, we're we're hitting the Freshers fairs, which again, if we're in all that is, it's basically a massive hall of different companies who kind of show what they've got really you know like dominoes be there or different clubs would be there or different companies just showing pretty much anyway giving free shit away yeah i love that's that you really pick dominoes well that it goes to show what you're things. what you what you eat every weekend <laughs> no no no, no. They, they always get really good reviews because they just give free pizzas away oh and do they like, yeah yeah so that's what it is do you know dominoes so is from what... detroit is actually yeah it's from michigan yeah I did not know that. Yeah. Most of the big... Not, not, well, tell us what you eat quite often as well. Then, yeah. Pizza all the time. <laughs> no, yeah. No, a lot of the big pizza companies are from Michigan, which is really random. That is. Yeah. That. Little Caesars, Papa John's. We've got Papa John's in the yeah. UK. That's from... Yeah, yeah, of course. That's yeah, from, yeah, yeah. That's from Detroit. Mm. It's mad. Did not know that. Not just techno and cars, all right? We've got pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not Motor City anymore. Pizza no, City. It's, to be fair, it's definitely not Motor City anymore. Um, <laughs> what shows have you got on during Freshers Week? That's a lot of parties. To honest, it's a yeah, it's a lot of parties. A lot of kind of, a lot of them are kind of a lot of them wristbanded student yeah. parties. So they're sold by the university. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you're fresher, you get wristband. You buy wristband, and it's kind of just an introduction to going out. Mm. Like you kind of mentioned, you know, you go to where whatever clubs are in Bristol, Motion being one of them. And that's where we kind of like try and home in quite heavily on the students yeah. of them coming and go, this is incredible. What's on? You know what I mean? And that freshers where we would give it away. <clears throat> There's calendar 
you know, or loads of merch and stuff as well. So people can look at it and go, come away with it and go, I'll go to this, I'll go yeah. to that. And, you know, a lot of people still, a lot of old, my old friends who went to university probably like five years ago still got those posters now. That's of, so cool. You know, those uh, poor white A2 poster yeah. of all the shows. You know what I mean? It's so cool so it's that, kind of, because I feel like we've gone into like a, uh, over the last like five years in like maybe 10 years even in like the more digital realm where mm. posters and flyers kind of got lost same with artwork and music like artwork kind of got lost in it because no one's doing physical copies of it and but finding old posters is the best thing i've still got i've still got quite a lot in my from my from my you know 10 10 years like you know nine ten yeah. years ago at a club you know what i mean I, I remember i still got like a signed public enemy one no way and they played a notion yeah but i feel like it's back yeah. but i know it's still it's back but it's something i'm definitely leaning heavily on mm. is you know it's especially because online's not so much tough but it's, you don't really know where to go with it sometimes like if you actually get an interaction with it so this year this this quarter anyway i'm going really heavy with sort of fly post and billboards and just going really mad with it, just getting it all around the city, and just not even so much. I'm not. I'm not leaning on A to Z of who's at the club. I'm more leaning on pictures of the club, on pictures motion. of people who go to the club, yeah. and being like, so a lot of students go, I love that. I go to motion, or yeah. You're, that club looks sick. I want to go there. That sort of way, more than just a lineup. No, I think or, that's really or, cool, actually, because it at your you're building the motion brand rather than yes. the djs that are playing which uh, coming from a dj point of view i'd be like no nah, fuck you you should be promoting us but realistically mm. coming from the business point of view of longevity of a venue and how to kind of attract more people it's like no nah, that's cool as fuck it's really cool i think for me the venue looks beautiful as well yeah. you know inside that main room is incredible the, yeah. res, the function function one res nines yeah no one else has them yeah, you know, yeah like yeah. literally they don't so it's such a beautiful looking building inside and so i'm leaning massively on that and trying to you know make people notice it and go this looks incredible mm. i want to go to this place and again we've kind of the, the kind of done like a massive uh commercial or or promo for for q4 we've kind of followed students around yeah and it's very much like them getting ready to go out going to uh dj in their bedroom yeah. going to the pub and then get into motion. Yeah. So I love those images of people getting ready to go out and party and have them around the city as well. So people are kind of see them and go, I'd dress like that. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that age. I could go to motion and open the doors down a little bit more that way. Opposed to September to January listings, which yeah. is just words and looks like it looks great for me because I've help design the whole type of thing yeah but to a passerby who has two seconds to look at it doesn't even look at it when also it just looks like everything else we're being sold right yeah. and i think i think with what you're talking about digital to kind of expand on that is that it's just so flooded it's so mm. like there's nothing personal about anything now it's all yeah. like in your face buy this, buy that, especially with ads. It's like, you know, when you're getting an ad, it doesn't, Yeah, nothing feels organic. And I think that's why at the beginning of social media, why ads work so well, because it felt personal. Yeah. Um, And now I, I think it's kind of gone away from <clears throat> that. Like, it really is. 
I think it is that kind of positive touch that I remember when I kind of not sort of kept the idea, but like thought about doing something different than just a listing. Is that my my girlfriend Sophie? She did a poster run with a Blame Gloria, who's a cocktail bar in Bristol, yeah, yeah. and it was just a picture and just a Blame Gloria, and it looked so good compared to everything else next yeah. to it. Because everything else next to it was listings, and I was like, no one's looking at these listings. Yeah. Everyone's looking at these just as bold colours in front of you, and I was like, it just popped out mm-hmm. and just looks so much better. Yeah. That's kind of where the idea kind of came from. Just doing something different. The amount of times I've, you know, I look at poster boards when I go past them because I'm interested in them. But if you're not like interested in them, you need something that does just come at you and yeah. make it a bit more personal, I guess. It always amazed me going to New York because there's huge like poster boards all around like the construction sites and everything like that. And that's the one thing that I've always noticed is that a really nice album cover or like a fashion mm. like Gucci or louis vuitton or something like that they always have amazing branding artwork and it's not yeah it's not to sell anything yeah it's literally to just show the brand and i think in maybe like yes like you're trying to motion isn't a club that's it's 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 more than a club to to me it is personally and i think it is to you and i think it is to a lot of people it's more than a club it's, it's an institution yeah. and by creating something where by creating the brand of motion bigger is it benefits everybody in the long term i think that's what we kind of trying to do with it like yeah. from the first quarter was very much the art the art style we, we went for <clears throat> But very much like each time we put something out, people can slightly notice the motion straight away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like have a kind of similar-ish each time. So people go, oh, that's like motion straight away. Yeah. Same as like what, what where, where else we do. Be like, oh, I know that's Fresh Project. I know that's Fabric Life. You know, you know straight away. And that's what we try to copy. We try, not copy, but try and replicate that and bring a, make it motion branded. Which which I think is like... Make it more important. It's the most... You have to do it nowadays as well. I think it's to have longevity. It's not, this isn't like, and I don't even want to compare it to Warehouse Project or Fabric Live or any of that because I think it's, you sit in your own lane and you do something different to all of them. Um, but I, I think if you look at all the, the cool current brands, not even in music, like outside yeah. of music, in fashion, in food, they're all creating something that's aesthetically looks amazing. Definitely. And, yeah, I'll move you on that, 100%. And, and, I, and I think, like, on a business side of, of it, you create so many more opportunities for you to grow as a business outside of the music realm. And, yeah. like, if you're creating a brand, like, if you've got a really fucking cool picture of, of, um, of the club, like, put it on a T-shirt and sell it. Like... Yeah, I'm working on it, don't worry. Yeah, and like, <laughs> but you can do so much, so much with that. And so, yeah. like, then your your minimum spend of 15 quid comes to like 45 quid because somebody's buying a t shirt as well. Yeah, 100%. And, That's what we're working on. It's always this new sort of ideas and levels, like you said, with merch sort of side of it as well. It's just turning it into more than just a club, I guess, as well. And it's, yeah. you know, it, like you said, it's a, where people really want to fucking go. And actually look at it and go, I just want to check the space out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And have a, have a line of cool things alongside it, which people want to buy and want to, want to check out. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it, man. Um, what have you got coming up in the next quarter? So a lot of it's quite 
and the raps at the minute. Fuck's sake. But but by this comes out, <laughs> a lot of it might be out by now. Yeah, this um, will, this is coming out. I believe this is coming out on the twentieth. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely coming out on the twentieth. Okay, so at that point, I should hopefully have everything out by then. Cool. So this, yeah, this this quarter is usually a big one for us. You know, with students, yeah. um, big time for big for big time for this this quarter for that. So a lot of stuff. I've got you know patch topping coming up, yeah, which is a good one. Obviously, heavily running by drum and bass as well, which mm. is obviously always works. Um, I've got a human Vicar show, which nice. is very, very cool. I, I love that chap. He's so much fun to hang around with. Mm. Uh, I'm working on an MK show at the moment. Amazing. Um, and Hess Audio. Hess Audio is kind of a show sick. that will work really around Bristol, which will be sick. Looking forward to that one. That's um, So like the artwork for that one, I'm really happy with. So I'm, I'm working closely with a designer who does all the artwork for me. Mm. But it's kind of, I kind of give him some ideas and brief him and he kind of creates it from my imagination. That's cool. And he's really smashed it with that one, which I'm really look, like, I'm looking forward to everyone to see that one for yeah. sure. I love, I, there's nothing better than a good flyer. Nothing yeah. better. I know we just rallied about it, but it's so good. <laughs> but no, that, that, that one will go on a billboard. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a picture of the club, this would be the picture of the Hessel Year show. Yeah. I like 100%. That. <laughs> um, why does drum and bass do so well in Bristol? It's Still. home, isn't it, really? Still. I think I think it's kind of the home of drum and bass. You know, I think when people think of Bristol, they think of bass music, for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's always just been so strong here. It's mad, you know, isn't since it? I, I think the start, even when I started working at the club, mm. you know, going back 10 years now, it was the height of at a time, like dubstep. Mm. I remember that my first ever show working actually was quite funny. I was, I must be like 17 at the time. I remember the stock room was under, um, we used, we used to call it the, um, the seven foot, the seven foot drop in. <laughs> and I remember going to get some water and Benga popped his head and was like, you got a bottle of water for me. I was like, of course, Benga. <laughs> and it's sort of that sort of that sort of sounds always kind of stayed in Bristol, I feel. And it's always, you know, with absolute legends from Bristol who still pioneered that sound. Yeah. It's amazing how it's kept though. Because obviously drum and bass is still massive in the UK well, worldwide. They yeah, you have percent They have their own niches, but it's amazing how it's like stayed so relevant in Bristol. It's almost like part of like if you don't go to if you live in Bristol, you have to like drum and bass. And if you don't, you're not allowed there. You're not allowed to pass the <laughs> gates of Bristol. <laughs> but it is. It is. I think I think it's just like the, you know, the bass sound or, or even like the dub sound yeah. in Bristol, which is such a strong root, I guess, Bristol. Especially like St. Paul's sound in I was going to say there's such a huge Jamaican. There's such a huge Jamaican population, which yeah. kind of brings the dub culture to Bristol, which is amazing. And the food that comes with it. And yeah. I love Bristol, man. Would you ever leave? Well, I, um, I would like to. Yeah, where would at you want to go? At some point, I don't know. I like to explore a bit around. Really, I, mm. I think I think London, London would be London would be sick to check out. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I go to London now and again, but I just love to be in there. Yeah. I think it'd be I think it'd be a lovely place to be. Do you what's what's the goals for you in in life and in career? To be honest, I'm not really too sure. Yeah. Which isn't a great thing to have, but. I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now. I love being able to do what I can do. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a great team behind me and my my, my director kind of gives me free reign, mm. which is quite mad to be like, you're 28, just do what you want in a way, yeah. you know, program what you want and you kind of trust me, the team trusts me to make sure 
whatever I put together is usually okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is really good. But yeah, I don't know really. I, I, I think I would like to stay. I want to stay within the music industry 100% wherever yeah. I move on to. But yeah, whether it's going into like actually working with a brand or, or whatever it be. But, you know, we've got, we've got some big things planned for motion in the next couple of years. Mm. You know, outside, outside of motion on the sort of bigger scales, awesome. which are kind of working in the back of the scenes, which I can't probably give too much yeah. away. But yeah, some bigger stuff with like a sister venue, which we were branding. And then, uh, and then some of the bits we're working on as well. So that's definitely exciting for the next couple of years. Yeah, it's mad if you think about it, because we're like, you're still young. Like, I don't want to sound condescending, but like 28 <laughs> and running the number one club in England is pretty, pretty special or, or booking. Yeah, it's, and kind it's of... quite surreal sometimes. It really yeah. is. I kind of, yeah, it is kind of one of those things. I remember when I was like, when I was previous to what I was doing now, obviously I was bar manager yeah. at like 21. And I was like, how am I bar managing this place at 21? <laughs> it was quite surreal. I was like, what the fuck? You were the only so fucking who would do it, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Last one left. Yeah, no, it's, it's cool, man. And it's really nice to see because I've... I'm pretty sure we met right at the beginning. Yeah. Like, we definitely... We would have. Yeah. We would have, 100%. I point. think when you're probably when you're doing, like, cut a rug or something. Like that, yeah, definitely fucking cut a rug. That was so long ago. Yeah, how long was that? Well, that was when Ross was booking. Okay, yes. So I worked with Ross really well. Yeah. Quite, quite a funny with Ross, actually. Was, like, Ross, obviously, was running the show at the time. Yeah. And I remember um, remember it really well. It was like 2013. It was Eat Central Mix. I remember at the time, I was like a runner at the club. So I was just doing all this shit stuff. You know, picking up sick off sofas, stocking <laughs> bars, all that kind of stuff. And I remember... Um, Eats, Eats is playing uh, Keep Control, Sonos yeah. remix that he, 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 he has. And uh, I was on the radio. Ross was just like, run to the front door, run to the front door. I won't go anywhere. That, that, that central mix was incredible. Just staying. I, I still listen to that central mix now. Like, it's so good. That was iconic. But yeah, I worked, worked with Ross for a long time and he's, he's a wicked, wicked guy. Eats, Eats is so good though, right? Like, he's as, as a yeah. Bristol, like, I'm from... I'm not from Bristol. Like I say, I'm from Bristol because it's easy to say from where I'm actually from because <laughs> no one has a fuck cheddar. <laughs> but I'm not even from there. I don't even live in cheddar. So it's like even harder. <laughs> like if I say where I'm from, no one fucking knows. So it's just easier to yeah. say Bristol. And like I've always been in and around Bristol, but I've never I've never said that I'm truly part of the Bristol culture, if you know what I mean. I think that would be yeah that would be wrong for me to say i was never part of the bristol crew like i threw parties in bristol i've dj'd in bristol but eats is bristol eats is literally he is he is yeah he's wicked so even from the days when i didn't really know him at all yeah to the days now where you know i worked worked for greater management for a couple years as well he was at the time looking after looking after eats and now just seeing him is just such a, a lovely sight to see with me kind of growing up with him a little bit, yeah. which is quite weird to say. No, definitely. But with like him, him like bringing in Ralph, his son, into the office as a literal baby, yeah. you know, in a, in a in a cot. So now, like, you know, you mean so? Yeah, it's it's nice to see that he still stay Bristol, and and he still I still get that all you cunt from across the road <laughs> if I see him. <laughs> I love it. He's the best. He's the best. I think that's a nice thing about Bristol as well. Like. And it goes back yeah. into that community thing. It, Bristol's a big city. It's I think it's 500,000, 450,000. But it's still yeah. so fucking small. It is. It, it's one of those things that once you're in in the kind of, I suppose, scene, shall we say, is everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. You know, no. you kind of go out and you go to, 
whatever you go, you're going to love being, you're going to croft to it, wherever it might be, or you're just at a pub. Yeah. And you're more likely, or walk up six croft. Yeah. You're more likely going to wave out somebody you know, yeah. or you you know at least have a loose connection with, who's kind of in the same sort of scene as you, which, is, which I think is quite a unique thing to have in a city. It's really nice. It's a really nice thing to have. Like, even where I grow up, it's very much like that. It's like small village kind of vibes. Mm. You know, it's the minute you walk down the street, you know somebody. And it's it's really nice to have that in Bristol as well, where like you just always bump into somebody that you know if you're in the, yeah. if you're in the scene. It's really. But it's always like people you kind of you only see them when you're out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is kind of nice. You catch up with when you're out catching yeah. up, then you see each other on the road. You and you kind of you, you evolve these friendships by just going out and catching up in a bar. Yeah. Get planned to meet each other. But you end up chatting it. to this yeah, person yeah. for ages, and then you end up coming friends, and then you're kind of really good friends, and that's how a lot of friendships I've got in Bristol have kind of started and mm. evolved to. A level of actually being really good mates now. Yeah, totally. I kind of just see each other right once, twice, and then you see each other again and again and again, and you end up going drunk at a point. Yeah, okay, let's get a drink. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of that friendship kind of starts from that. It's really, yeah, it's really important, and I don't think you necessarily get that in the bigger, bigger cities. There's hmm. something about Bristol that just has this like vibe that is just different. I don't know. I could be biased. I could be biased, but it's no. Well, yeah, maybe I'm as well potentially. Yeah. But you know, I think I think for me, it's very much kind of even as you know, not so much rival promoters, but like you know, Lakota, who is you know on yeah. par with motion that sort of capacity. You know, I'm really good friends with the Booker there, Mike, and you know, we chat about Dari, what he's got on, what yeah. I've got on. So there isn't any major clashes, which is nice. It's only going to it's only going to benefit both of us. This is the thing with this industry that I, not industry with life, I think that I really struggle with, which I, I, if I ask myself, like at the beginning of my career, I probably would give you a different answer. But I think now is like very much about there's space for everybody in the market with in, in life. Like that doesn't, and I think we spoke about it when we had lunch, um, but there's, there's like space for everyone you can do what the fuck you want and you can, yeah. there's, there's always a booking. There's always somebody else. There's always somebody that's going to sell tickets. There's always somebody that can do whatever they're doing and there's, and there's space. And I think by once you accept that and you look at everybody around you as somebody that can probably just help you. And it, it I think it is. makes it so much easier. I, I think that's really important, especially in Bristol being, you know, relatively small city compared to London or yeah. Manchester with, you know, Liverpool ever close close to it. You know, it's only beneficial for both of us to work, you know, in tangible together enough to be like, I've got this show on. What you got on? Uh, I've got direct clash. Yeah. Maybe we should do this. You know what I mean? And just kind of work together a little bit because last thing I want is both our clubs to be half empty. Yeah, yeah. Or half full. You know what I mean? Like it's only it's only the best interest to make sure we're working together to make sure that that spread is across both our, both our venues or, you know, other venues around us. Yeah, and also it's... You know, I, I, have, I have a lot of, like, small promoters messaging me going, what have you got on this date? Because I've got something lined up. Yeah. And I don't want you to take over everything. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. Well, I think also, like, let's be honest, it's Motion's the biggest venue in the city and, and the most prominent hmm. brand-wise and probably will be for it until you guys do something else. Um, but it, so I think it's nice that you can still have that relationship with smaller promoters because realistically at the end of the day, you want the smaller promoters to get big and then you can use them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. But you know, I know what you mean, but yeah, it's a good thing about us. Like we are still independent, you know, and if, if we weren't independent, if we were, you know, some, totally. some other big promoter, yeah. they won't give a fuck. Yeah. 
because we are independent and you know I, I started throwing tiny parties when I was 18 19 you know I mean as well and it, it's kind of having that like you are right with the sense of like if you see a brand Pop blow up off. massively yeah. and they want to do a show bring it to motion which is the, what you work with. which is that's the thing is everyone helps everybody out and then that comes yeah. back to the community thing and it's not it's not me sounding like a dick it's like it's the facts like let's use just jack for example like just yeah. jack started as a cool brand and motion took it on and turned it into a beast and in a in a negative in a positive way and there's been so many little brands that you guys have kind of worked with over the years that have created a passion project into a full-time project and then sometimes turned into huge things well yeah like a lot of time we kind of let people use our kind of venue as like a flagship yeah to you know have that safe you know in the safe breath there, there isn't really much no in a way of this mecca club you yeah. know what i mean you know london's got 32 boroughs or whatever it'd be you know, that's fucking huge yeah but bristol is not you know and the only thing we've got around us is you know cardiff and bath and swindon and Cork and Plymouth. so you know if you if you be able to, if you're able to do well here and pull all these cries in you can blow up and start doing your own festival yeah like you know sort of solve example you know we use we've worked with those guys for years and years and years mm. and now they're running a festival yeah yeah no, totally, man. Or even even just look back to like Love of the Day. You know that started with you know Team Love, Tom Payne, yeah. bringing Future Boogie, Just Jack, The Blast into a festival, yeah. and it's built into this massive beast now as well. And now it's one of the biggest festivals. Well, not biggest number wise, but one of the biggest kind of festivals on the market at that time. And everyone, mm. everyone wants to play. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's... But the good thing about that is kind of growing that kind of um, history of it as well. Totally. I think right now that's really strong. Yeah, I'm having a history and a story. I mm-hmm. think it's quite tough to start something new and sell it via kind of a story behind it. Well, I think that's what's happened love- so much in the in the last like five years. Obviously, take COVID out, but I think there's been it's so it's not this this is it's not easy to throw a festival. We it's fucking oh, hard, not. but it's, yeah. it's yeah, easy yeah. for a company to have a bunch of money and want to throw a festival and and not necessarily curate something that's actually organic. Mm. You know, I've you know, I'm sure you have as well. But if you look across all the festivals in the UK at the minute, you know they're they're, they're pretty similar. You know what I mean? And it, it it's, is, it's and it is, rough. and you know, it's obviously different, different areas, different boroughs, whatever it might be. But you know, in day that every artist has been playing every festival, yeah. And it's not really that interesting. Okay, yeah. if you're in Manchester and you want to go to a festival in Manchester, you go down instead of down in London. Yeah. But you know, they are kind of all, all the same. Whereas like Love Stage kind of has its own kind of history and 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 known stage hosts which are still like just jack or fruit yeah, whatever yeah. it be to have that kind of history and that kind of porn power to be like actually we are community yeah something about something about southwest though i think because look at glastonbury <laughs> exactly yeah exactly that <laughs> maybe we're just the best are you even from the southwest yeah i'm born and bred bristol you are i was gonna say like you, yeah, 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 yeah i can tell from your accent but i didn't know if the accent was just like taken on no, no, I am. I was born here. Yeah. Yes, we're just super biased. <laughs> yeah, maybe we are. Yeah, maybe we are. <laughs> Mate, um, we've just done like an hour and twenty minutes. Um, Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. It was it was a pleasure thank to you, sit mate. down with you, and I think this will help a lot of people out. Um, how can people reach out to you? How can people find out what's going on at Motion, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Check out www.motion-bristol.com. Everything's going to be there. Same again for any Instagrams, Mission Bristol, obviously Mobile Factory as well as our kind of sister live venue, if you're into anything like that. But yeah, you just 
check it out if, if you're in Southwest. Just check it out if you're anywhere. Come come along and uh, look forward to seeing you on Q4. Legend, man. Thanks so much for coming and on. And look forward to seeing you too, Will. Yeah, I can't wait, man. When I'm back, let's go for lunch. Let's go for dinner. Do something. Yes, 100%. Cool. Let's do it. Big love, mate. See you soon. Thank you, Take mate. Easy. Take care. Bye. And that is amazing. Um, I love that one. It's really, really interesting. Hope you enjoyed it as well. Keep safe. See you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.